Hello and welcome to Nutrition 411, the podcast, a special podcast series led by registered dietitian and nutritionist Lisa Jones. The views of the speakers are their own and do not reflect the views of their respective institutions or Consultant 360. Hello and welcome to Nutrition 411, the podcast where we communicate the information that you need to know now about the science, psychology, and strategies behind the practice of dietetics. Today's podcast is part of a series of episodes on diabetes technology featuring a Q&A with Liv Lean Gill and Rachel Stahl Salzman. Welcome, Liv Lean and Rachel. Thanks so much for having us. I'm excited about this episode. I want to take a moment to introduce each of you first. So I will start with Livleen Gill. Livleen is a president and CEO of Apostle Group LLC, a consulting company that provides innovative solutions to clients in healthcare, food, and nutrition. She's also the CEO of Wholesome Village Company in Rockville, Maryland. Previously, she was a private practice nutrition consultant for more than 20 years and food and nutrition services director and outpatient dietitian at healthcare centers in Maryland. She will serve as the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics president in 2024 to 2025 year. Next, I want to introduce Rachel. Rachel is a registered dietitian and diabetes care and education specialist in the division of endocrinology, diabetes, and metabolism at while Cornell Medicine in New York City. Rachel is passionate about empowering individuals to make sustainable lifestyle changes and leverage diabetes technology and digital health to improve their health and quality of life. So again, welcome Liv, Lean, and Rachel. Thank you. All right, well, our next topic of discussion is apps. So let's get appy. <laughs> so my first question, I wanna know what are your favorite diabetes apps? I'll start with Rachel. You know, that's always such a difficult question to answer. And I do get that question quite a lot. So I'm going to give you, give it to you how I, how I say is that there is no, I don't have one favorite app. Okay. My reason is, is that it depends on the person, you know, understanding what their individual needs, what their individual preferences and treatment goals might be. You know, when I think about different apps, I think about the categories, you know, there's ones that are more nutrient tracking apps. So if that's what the person's interested in and that could be helpful for them, there are a couple apps and I'm sure Leslie and we could, we'll talk through some there. Um, you know, maybe there's some more aspects of glucose monitoring apps, uh, ones that are, you know, helping to take their glucose meter readings and putting it onto an app or CGM apps, which are, you know, connected to the device, which can give people in real time their glucose values. So it really depends. And there's no one size fits all. Yes, excellent answer, because there really isn't. And that is a hard question I realized after I asked it to answer. So because, yeah, like if you have a category, I would have to specifically say, if you have this patient, and this is the case study, what app would you recommend? To that end, so your last patient, last success story, what would you say was the app that they, their app of choice? Is that a better phrase question? <laughs> so let's take, for example, a person, they have prediabetes and they're really trying to monitor their meal plan and, and evaluate their, their nutrition, especially around like carbohydrates and fiber. And they seem like someone who's really interested in like number crunching and data, right? So, so in that case, I'm thinking, you know, 
sounds like they might be interested in tracking their meals and, and they were. So in that case, I think about some apps that are kind of that meal tracking component. And some examples that I think about are like my fitness pal, lose it, chronometer, LifeSum. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different apps like within that nutrient tracking category. And a lot of them for the basic version are free. So I often encourage the patient, you know, to try one or two, see which ones they like. You know, some have different interfaces or personalization options. Um, so that could be an option for, for that particular example. All right. Thank you. I do want to ask Liveline, what are your thoughts on this? Like, do you have a, a, a patient example that you would like to share with us? So I can say that the two main apps that we found our individuals, our patients using um, and the dietitians who are supporting them, the one uh, Rachel already talked about was the MyFitnessPal. By far, most majority of our patients who are using an app, it's MyFitnessPal. And I think it's partly because they're familiar with it. It gives them that, um, you know, the tracking of their exercise, their nutrition. Um, and also their family members are probably also using it so they feel comfortable with it. The other app that I've seen lately um, that uh, that they're asking about is my sugar. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that tracks the blood glucose the, and also our healthcare professionals like because there's a healthcare professional side of the report um, so those are the two that I've seen in our practice being used. And it's, again, as Rachel said, you know, it depends where the individual falls, what their preference is, what they want to use. And for us, it's they're the ones who are suggesting it and bringing what they're comfortable with. Yeah. And then I'm kind of thinking, like, as I'm listening to you talk about the the different apps, I've heard of MyFitnessPal, but the MySugar one, is that one a little bit newer of an app that is not as well known? That one has been out for a while, from my yeah. knowledge. And like Liveline, I have I've had patients on. It's evolved over time, and this one is a more diabetes specific one. So, I just a couple days mm -hmm. ago, I have a patient using it. She has actually the freestyle light glucose meter, and it integrates with my sugar. So, my sugar wow. integrates with different glucose meters, and I think recently one of the CGMs to offer that not only the diabetes logging aspect, but also food. So again, I would say it's like taking it one level up from a MyFitnessPal, again, for a person with diabetes who also then wants to like evaluate their glucose data and other factors alongside it. Right, Livlene, Liv you find, found that helpful? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and, and I know my, uh, that's why I said my healthcare professionals are more partial towards that one because the, the reports that are generated, they can also, the, those reports are specifically for them so they can follow. But those are the two ones that I've seen in our practice that, that are being, that are being used. Yeah. And Lisa, I would, I would add what Livlin's saying is that if the data can also get to us, that makes it like a slam dunk, right? Because the patient is getting the benefit of using the app that we might be recommending. But if that app could then provide clinician specific reports or a way to share the data, even just, you know, being able to see what they're putting in it to help offer insights, to help our medical nutrition therapy and diabetes management, you know, that really, you know, helps to elevate it. In addition to 
also some of the, like the food tracking apps. I've also found, and Livleen might also have experience too, of some apps that are more photo-based. And this has been helpful for the patients that aren't into the nutrient tracking, nor necessarily need to track every single nutrient they're putting in. Um, apps that I love around that would be Under My Fork, which users would take pictures of their meals and it's connected for those using Dexcom CGM. So people could see the pictures in conjunction with their glucose values to really be able to see, you know, how did that meal affect their glucose values? Did it keep them in range? Did they have some hyperglycemia? You know, what were the factors? And then from the provider perspective, to be able to like see the pictures of what they're actually eating really helps me so much in being more efficient and personalized with counseling. Yeah. And that's incredibly helpful too, listening to what you're saying about when it's connected for, for the patient. And I guess, I guess both for, you know, cause you have the data there. So I think that's really helpful. And then the other question that popped up in my mind was, do you have like a list for patients? Cause that can be like overwhelming. Like which app do they choose? Do you have like a list of apps and then you're constantly updating that list or how does, or you just kind of go by a case by case basis when you're working with patients? That's such a great question, Lisa. It's something that I think as something that I've written some articles with the ADCES in practice group. And I feel like that's like the next step is putting together a whole chart of the different apps and features. So stay tuned. It'll help hold me accountable. <laughs> but um, in all, all to reality, at um, while Cornell, we're actually, we've just developed um, and updated a diabetes self-care booklet that's going to be accessible for all patients, inpatient and outpatient across multiple sites um, in our hospital system. And we've added as as part of our, you know, big rehaul and update, we've added a section on apps because these should be considered as part of diabetes self-management. So we yes. are act- actively building that. Yeah. And you mentioned your article, Rachel, which leads me nicely into the fact that you've published an article in ADCES. It's called Embracing Diabetes Apps in the Digital Age. And in this article, you discuss innovative approaches to empower people with diabetes to achieve positive clinical outcomes and improve their quality of life. And I would love it if you would share with our audience the key learnings from your article for those that haven't had the opportunity to read it yet. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to give a quick snapshot of the article. Um, So the article is really um, geared for the healthcare professional, the dietitian, the diabetes care and education specialist, and others about how we can support patients to use diabetes apps in a way that's going to best optimize their care. Um, so in the article, I talk about some different types of apps, different features around nutrition or diabetes-specific management, how to really individualize the selection of apps to support them with some sample questions that you can even ask to help gauge their interest. You know, has the person ever tracked their health data on their smartphone? Have they used apps before? What's worked? What hasn't? That ultimately helps you to kind of help to identify. So really that's like the first category. The second category uh, with the summary is really configuring it. So once you've identified which app or which apps that person might wanna try, I walk you through my six step process, mine and Dawn, I I did co-author the article with my colleague Dawn No, and we walk through a six step process on how to individualize and rather configure the app to meet their goals and treatment plan. And then lastly is thinking about collaborate. So think of it again, identify, configure, and collaborate. And the collaborate we like to say is where that magic happens, right? How do we can work with that person who's been 
doing great jobs in entering data or connecting devices and having those discussions to support shared decision-making to come up with goals and help really, again, I think it's individualizing, it's helping us to personalize goals. And these apps can be great tools to help with that accountability between appointments where we might not have the capabilities and bandwidth to you know, be checking in with them so frequently. Yes, exactly. And that's wonderful to hear. And I really like the the breakdown, the identify, configure, and collaborate. And I just want to hear Liveline's thoughts from her perspective on identify, configure, and collaborate. Lisa, I have to say, I really um, enjoyed Rachel's article and the way it was all laid out. In fact, I shared it with my team to be able to come together and put a resource together for the clinic and so that they could, you know, follow those steps because it the way she's laid it out in the article and her co-author, it's it's really it's really great and it's helped us considerably. So Rachel, thank you for writing that and sharing. Um, oh, so happy to hear. Thank you. You know, it really is just kind of how it, you know, as as all of us, right? As we're practicing and you know, in clinical care, you know, how could we help to organize these workflows to really help support people. Livleen, I love that you shared it with your team. That's fantastic to hear. And then Rachel, your article that you wrote is being shared that that's also amazing as well. So that's so nice. And I would add like this ICC framework was actually created from ADCES. It was a framework created just in the past few years for integrating technology. So really, I took that framework that's existed, that's been uh, encouraged, and I applied it to the use of apps in a really systematic process. So, you know, that was really a help guiding force in in thinking about technology integration. Yeah. And also too, dietitians love processes. So (laughs) the fact that you did that is also another great thing. Thank you. I I do have another question too, because all this talk about apps, I'm thinking about there's so much diversity with apps. Could you speak a little bit about apps that are geared for specific populations? Absolutely. So there are now apps that are more fine-tuned within diabetes management. For example, there's some pediatric-focused apps. There's one that um, I was just reading about. It was in Startup Health Type 1 Diabetes Moonshoot, which is an organization, a healthcare startup organization that is focused specifically in type 1 diabetes. And this app is called EDEDII, and it's for pediatrics, for people living with type one diabetes. So that really intrigued me. I don't work in the pediatric space, but I, I love that there are apps that are really honing in on specific populations. And in this example, really working on like gamification and conversational tools embedded with the app to make, to kind of brighten the mood. You know, you can only imagine how hard it might be for the, the patient, a family in, in pediatric world. So I was excited to hear about, about that. Oh, I love hearing that. And especially too, the, the magic word that you said there was the gamification, especially in that population. That's really helpful too, for something that they had so motivating, especially if there's like stars that they get or point based mm-hmm. or however they, they work it. But yeah, thank you for sharing that one. How about you, Livleen? Anything that you, you want to share about an app that's for a specific population? You know, we don't have to recreate things, but somebody like Rachel who wrote that article on embracing diabetes apps, uh, we took it and, you know, it's like we don't have to recreate things. So we um, so for our population, the only thing that I would say that I haven't at least in my practice or learning from my team 
we haven't come across something that is a perfect app for our older adults. Now, we're, I'm talking about older adults who are now in their 70s and 80s in order to be able to embrace them and use it because they are not as technologically advanced or savvy or had to use it when they were the when they were younger. And I would like to see something in that age group come through, which is easy for them. Just like we have a jitterbug phone that is you yeah. know, easy to you know, easy for them to use, something like that, that would be easy for that population to use. I yes. love that. So what I'm hearing, Livleen, is you're putting a call to action for someone that's listening to this to develop an app for that age population. And I think too, there are, you know, I've seen apps evolving to help meet those needs. You know, they could be, people can customize it. Maybe for someone who has trouble reading, it's too small, you know, on their phone, but having like audible alerts or voice recognition, you know, to be able to like log your food by just pressing a button and talking to it, right? So those could transcend different ages and other factors too. So it's been exciting to see how that's evolved. Um, I also want to share one other exciting thing that I'm following in the app world (laughs) That if that's okay. Yes, please do. <laughs> so one area that um, I've been following in the in the app space is being able to take a picture of the food, right? So we talk about older adults and as just one example, but how much easier uh, it could be to take a picture of the food and can that app analyze the nutrition composition in an accurate way. This has traditionally been something that has been very challenging for app developers and apps to be able to do. I'm sure all of us were dietitians. We could imagine how would an how would an app be able to take into account if you put two tablespoons of sugar in coffee and you took a picture, right? How would that how would it know that there's sugar in it? Really exciting to follow this app, Snap Calorie, that's using innovative LIDAR technology, which is actually able to measure the depth and dimension of food, along with AI algorithms and human reviewers for that added layer of confirmation. So I'm excited to kind of see how this evolves and how logging food, you know, from our traditional entering every ingredient into an app and the portion to be able to simply take a picture to get, you know, accurate amount of information. So we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, that one sounds like an exciting development. Can't wait to find out more about it. I'm sure like the next time we talk, Rachel, you'll have an update on that one. (laughs) Probably. Oh, well, thank you both for sharing all about apps with me today. And I just want to to close out with what is your one biggest takeaway from our app discussion that somebody can do? My takeaway would be, you know, just to try an app out, download a few on your phone, try it out, because the best way for you to feel comfortable to potentially recommend it or offer it as part of your, you know, dietitian toolkit is to try it out yourself. So that's my takeaway. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. How about you, Livleen? I think there are lots of apps out there and there is one for everyone. They're evolving. They're not perfect. They're evolving. And I think um, they're going to provide us much better uh, information and guidance in managing our nutritional needs, diabetes, whatever we are looking to do. Yes. That was well-rounded and there's, there's an app for everyone. So everyone should just get appy then, right? Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. For more nutrition content, visit consultant360.com. 